A stu stu Studio D production. What are you looking at, Mom? Is that a, like, giant fly on the blind I think it is, or yeah. It's so still. It's a fly. Or a wasp. Make friends with I them. I think it's a fly. Come here. Or a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a wasp, guys. Maybe it's a hologram a and none of this is real. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's actually just a decoy. It's one of my... <gasps> Oh, it just died. It just, just literally like, died. Just we like, all no. stared at it so hard. We killed it. Oh, no. We killed it with our minds, guys. We gotta be careful with our powers, you know. Great power. I wish comes I could great control. Come on, guys. You know better. I wish I could control it. Yeah. Because all the spiders around my house, I Jessie, would kill. Your telekinetic abilities may not be your fault, but they are your responsibility. <laughs> Not to make light of mental illness. Sit Sorry. down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really f so don't you be fooled. But it stands to reason that the same... It's effed up family story time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to effed up family story time. I'm Salem... And here today we have Jess and Kelly. Hey. And taking Hannah's empty spot, we have a guest. We have Evie. Woo Evelyn. Woo Which do you prefer? I don't care. Okay. We have Booger. So <laughs> we have the a, bug. <laughs> we have a special treat for you guys. Um recently, my niece, Jesse's daughter, Kelly's niece, Belle and Hannah's cousin. Explaining the whole family tree like there. You, like That's you, how Evie fits in. But anyway, Evie recently turned 13. And so we thought Recently, that, like six months well, ago. you had to take time to write your story and we had to find a place to put you on. But um, she turned 13 and we thought that would be a good time for her to get her chance to join the podcast since this is a family venture. And uh, we do talk about some pretty serious stuff sometimes, and so that's why we haven't really included Evie in any of the podcasting. But now, today, she is going to tell us a PG-13 story on our PG-13 version of Messed Up Family Storytime. It's pretty exciting. We're excited. Yeah! It's your it's your initiation. It I just yeah. keep imagining, like, if this were on TV, what the intro would be, like, the whole effed up family story time and then like a stamp that says PG-13 edition. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. And it makes that noise, you know, the thwomp. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Bum, bum. So there you go. Oh, wait, that's Lana. That's Lana. Yeah. Gong, gong. Um, chung, chung. Chung, chung. Yeah, from, <laughs> from Resident, <laughs> Resident Alien. Anyway. Chung, chung. All right. Well, then how's everybody doing? Hungry, hungry. Well, we'll have some lunch um, here in a little well, bit. Well, that sucks I'm for sorry you. I didn't have L breakfast. Loser. Why are you being mean to me? I don't know. I always am. We're not going to invite you back if you're mean to me all the <laughs> you time. You are being My a little. My plan is going the way I. It's go. Uh huh. We're not going <laughs> to invite you back if you're going to be mean to me. Then <laughs> nobody would be allowed to be on this podcast because we're all mean to each other. <laughs> I you just love this fight. You are what? being a little mean today, though. You're commenting on my face. Oh, you, you made a funny your mom face, a, a and it wasn't supposed to be mean. <laughs> the true side of Evie is coming out. Apparently. It's always been out. Y'all just haven't been paying attention. Mm. We're here recording episode number 55. 
And there's the ongoing joke that I always look at the board, but I don't read it. And I can never remember what the episode is. And I was editing the last one, episode 53. And we had a conversation because I said, we're here recording episode, what is it, 52, 53. And then some Jess said, you looked at the board. And I said, yes, but I didn't read it. And then you said, it's episode 53. And then I went, okay, we're here recording episode 52. I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed that when I listened. I and I like, didn't right. know how to cut it out. So I was like, just leave it in. I'm a dumbass. But um, we're here recording episode 55 today. And um, we have Evelyn here as our guest, a.k.a. Booger. The and slayer. she, the Slayer, the Booger oh. Slayer. Oh, I didn't know about that nickname <laughs> that you just gave yourself out of nowhere. AKA the Booger Slayer. I guess that's better than the Booger Eater. <laughs> oh, and I do that too. Yummy. No, I don't. Please don't think I do that. <laughs> Evelyn doesn't eat her boogers anymore. Um, well, fair. all of us ate to. our boogers at one point in didn't, time. I'm I sorry. used to chew on my toenails. I still kind of no. want to, but I don't. <laughs> All right. She so, was like four, Especially because I'm so. scared of clipping my toenails. <laughs> so if I could just bite them off, it'd be easier, but I don't. Kelly's so I grossed just, out right I now. I don't like feet. I know you don't. <laughs> I remember the one time, though, and I can't remember which one of you it is. You were picking your nose. <laughs> And you wanted to eat it. You were little, little. And I was like, no, you can't eat it. And I grabbed your hand. And like you were, you were trying to pull. It was just, she was trying to get your finger in your mouth. And I was holding your hand away from your mouth. And then I let go and you like gagged yourself. Your fingers like flew into your mouth. I was like, you can't eat your burger. And you're like, I want to eat my burger. It sounds like me. That was Jess, oh, I think. How would you know? You would have been too young. I've heard the story oh, okay. 700 times. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you actually to tell it again? The listeners, no, haven't, the heard listeners it. haven't heard it. And I thought it was funny. I like hearing it. Was funny. About I like it. That's one of those images that gets burned into your brain right. for the rest of my life. I will have that memory. I'll have Alzheimer's, but then I'll be like, remember that one time my sister tried to eat her booger? Because <laughs> when I get older, you're going to turn southern. southern. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into your story, kiddo? I don't care. What are you going to tell us a story about today, <laughs> Evie? I'm excited. So I'm actually telling you three stories that Ooh. all cover one top 12. Okay. It started out. I told Salem about this and she's my second. It started off as one topic and then it was like I placed an ice cube on one topic and then it melted and puddled up a bunch of other topics. <laughs> but um, those are the best stories, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a great like imagery. Nice job. That was Evie. a very good yeah. metaphor or analogy or... No, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, but I'm going to be talking, the two main topics today are kind of like why serial killers and just normal murderers and like all sorts of bad people have like fans, especially like the notorious ones. And also just like this weird disconnect we tend to have from tragedies, especially like crimes and stuff when they don't affect us, especially in this modern age of the internet. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna start off just telling the three stories I have, the three like killers we're covering, um, and then I think that's probably after that we'll probably I don't know whatever, and then I'm gonna talk about like the psychology behind it, and then a bunch of other cop topics that I want to cover, and then it's gonna be like a discussion for what you think about this. Okay. Cool. All I right. think that's a great layout. Uh, okay. I'm so glad I didn't do that same thing because I toyed with it like a month ago. So um, I'm glad that... That's funny. You guys think so much alike. 
Okay, so the first one we're talking about um, has a bunch of different nicknames. Oh my god, so many different nicknames. 11-year-old Natsumi Suji, or more commonly referred to as Girl A, slit 12-year-old Satomi Mitarai's arms and throat with a box cutter on June 1st, 2004. This incident has come to be known as the Sasebo slashing. She is officially referred to as Girl A in Japanese legal documentations as Japanese legal procedure prohibiting the identification of juvenile defenders. However, two channel users made her real name public after analyzing an image on Fuji television on a Fuji television broadcast. The crime was committed in an empty classroom during the lunch period at Okubu El- that wasn't right Okubo Elementary School in Sasebo. Girl A left Mitarai's body at the crime scene and returned to her class covered in blood. She, her teacher had already been one, like wondering where the girls were, and so she had like called the police and was like, whatever. And then she, oh no, I read that wrong. She found the body and then called the police. Much okay. a better thing. So, so, so start over with that because I'm confused. So she okay. got to her classroom covered in blood. Yeah. And then go from there for and me. And then the teacher, the teacher was already like, oh, where are the girls? Oh, because that's what teachers sound like. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kelly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kelly. And then she found the body because she was like, why is she covered in blood? So she went looking for the, the body. Yeah. Where did the murder happen? Um, In an empty classroom during the lunch period at Okubo Elementary. Okay, thank yeah. you. Sorry. Jesus. Yeah. So. Kind of crazy. On the lunch break, she. That is weird. An 11-year-old killed a 12. That is weird because 11-year-olds don't typically even commit crimes like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually. Most 11-year-olds haven't killed somebody. Exactly. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. just not very heard of and then that's pretty lousy that they leaked her information name, out yeah yeah because then they should have protections mm-hmm. i mean not juvenile. that i think a murderer should have protections but but it's a child it's a it's child a, yeah, yeah there's yeah. different circumstances should, yeah involved. for sure but, but the internet finds a way it does it's kind of sad especially incel 2chan users because they're mostly white men who ref- who hate women yeah I'll, I'll just leave that there um after being taken into custody, girl A confessed to the crime, saying things like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I have done a bad thing. She, she originally showed no motive for the killing, but confessed that she and Mitarai had fallen out as a result of messages online. Mitarai seemed to have left negative comment on, comments on girl A's website, specifically calling her body heavy, which may have been the immediate motive for the murder. So the it sounds like there was some fat shaming online that they think may have been the reason that she killed her. But yeah. then there's okay. There's more. I like how she I like how the other girl called her heavy, not fat. I don't know why that stuck out to me. Like heavy. Maybe that's just how maybe, maybe that's a Japanese translation. Or, yeah. yeah. A police psychologist stated that girl A was not mentally ill and already had violent a violent history of incidents. These range from punching and kicking classmates to an incident with a knife before the murder. There is public speculation that girl A may be suffering from, oh, Hikokomori syndrome. But as Ooh, a, what's that? Um, does it, do I say it? No, I don't have it in my notes. Um, but basically, it's this kind of shut-in syndrome. It's particularly like a thing that like it's obviously it's a thing everywhere, but it's very like named and prominent in Japanese culture. Um, but it's kind of just like the shut-in thing. You don't go out. You don't really talk to people. Okay. And okay. it's just that kind of, and it often results in like a negative effect on your mental health and okay. that kind of thing. That's a yeah. great explanation, hon. Good job. Um, she may have been suffering from Hikokomori syndrome. But as of 
present, no medical examiners have declared such. She shows signs of withdrawing from social life, such as quitting clubs, although she plays for sports, such as basketball, until shortly before the incident. She also seemed to be heavily influenced by the more visceral parts of the internet. Her website reflected her interests, showcasing fan fiction of her favorite film, Battle Royale, links to shock, flash movies, and odd... Oh yeah, this is an acronym. A-S-C-I-I films. And strange recipes with names such as Curse of the Purple Skull and Demonic Art. What was the acronym you said? What is that? A-S-C-I-I films. Hold up, I have this in my notes. I have this in my notes. Um, A-S-C-I-I. American Standard Code for Information Interchange. A-S-C-I-I-R is about making text images from text symbols. Okay, so like when you make a cat out of, like we used to do an old word, do you make a cat out of symbols and letters and you yep. get the pointy ears? And, or okay. like how on The Office when the when Pam made a picture of Dwight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I know, didn't you, <laughs> you used to have that. that picture on your refrigerator? Oh, maybe I did because I used to have At it on my... At the apartment? Oh, yes, because I used to have it on my desk in that's my office. That's why I know I... it exists. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. She also seemed to be strongly influenced by The Red Room a horror flash video of which she based her website's design. Her graphic interests and specu- are speculated to have contributed to the murder. Japanese webcon... Ma- Jap- huh? Oh, basically it just says that various different websites, especially like 2chan and 4chan and like Reddit and that kind of stuff, have like gotten hold of her and made her very, very popular. Oh, that, yeah. I see how this ties back to your theme of the story today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, her personal website skyrocketed, and when it was taken down, people created mirror websites. She was dubbed Nevadatan, as in a school picture she is wearing a University of Nevada sweatshirt. Images of her art, re- images of her art, recreations, and different and dif- different versions of her, as well as fan art, began popping up on the internet. Also, just to explain the Nevadatan thing, obviously the sweatshirt and Tan is like a version of Chan, which is oh, okay. Yeah. What I'm. Uh, you lost me. I'm sorry. Um, just to explain her name, the Chan that's added on at the end is a, like a suffix in Japanese language, Chan. Yeah. Okay. It's like a version of that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Even fan songs such as Cutie Nevada appeared. The Hooded, the hooded Nevada sweatshirt became University of Nevada's best-selling product according to their online sti- statistics in June 2005. That's um, kind of yucky. Yeah. yeah. So like everyone's like idolizing her online and you said something about a song, Cutie Nevada or something yeah, some, like that. Yeah. And then now people are buying the sweatshirt that she was in and she murdered someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. that's pretty creepy. It gets even worse. Just you wait. Cosplayers were creating Girl A costumes and the internet turned her into Nevadaton, a cute, cheapified version of a killer. Also, University of Nevada temporarily removed the Nevada sweatshirt from their online website. Wow, because of all of that. They made a cosplay character out of her. Mm -hmm. Made made it all anime chibi looking. Yeah. I've never heard chibi-fied before. I like that word. Chibi-fied. Credits go to Evie. So true. It's trademarked. You can't (laughs) use it. The Booger Slayer. So true. (laughs) Um, I feel like if you ever do anything in your future that is a company, it's like copyrighted. That's going to be like your parent company name is the Booger Slayer. Yeah, the Booger Booger Slayer Slayer. is copyrighted right now. (laughs) Upon release. That's the name of my autobiography. That is Evie's property. (laughs) The Booger Slayer. The Booger Slayer. (laughs) 
Yeah. The character is often depicted with a Nevada sweatshirt, short brown hair, a murderous smile, and almost always with a box cutter or other sharp object. I like how it, a murderous smile. Well, because it's that like that I like know. creepy yeah. like he yeah. he I'm so sneaky and strong and I killed somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so true. That's what all killers sound like. <laughs> That's enough to. Every I would s- die from <laughs> creep out if. <laughs> A common representation of her is ASCII art, typically slashing idiotic posters on two-channel boards. What are idiotic posters? So, like, just, like, stupid, like, posts and, like, the posters themselves on two-chan. I was thinking of, like, a poster you put on the wall. No. Yeah, Yeah. me too at first. Okay, gotcha. That makes more sense. (laughs) Um, Inevitably, this spilled into 4chan and other English image boards introducing Nevada 10 to the United States and the rest of the world. There seems to be no support to what she has done and appears to be just another internet meme, but it truly shows the disconnect we have from reality when shocking, morbid events happen. And that's the, that's the first one, and I can list my sources if y'all want. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the, the big one I used and kind of what sparked this topic um, is a YouTube video, Nevada 10 Tragedy Turned Meme by Rainbot on YouTube. And then, okay, here's the thing. This is one of my questionable sources, but it ma- all the information matched, so that at least on this version, it's right. But murderpedia.org, and I think it's really funny that I have a, an arrow pointing to it and that says questionable. I feel like I need to beef up the parental controls on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I've always trusted you, and so maybe I've been too lax. Like, well, well but Murderpedia doing... isn't really a bad website. Have you been on it before? It's just like Wikipedia, but it's but... specifically just crimes, but they don't usually put too much. Yeah. I mean, but just the fact that I know she's that finding she... YouTube videos about killers and... Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a more wholesome podcast. <laughs> No, that was a good story, and it is really yeah. interesting the disconnect that we have when it doesn't it isn't doesn't affect us directly. We can just like disconnect ourselves from the tragedy mm-hmm. and find humor and playfulness, well, and then it spreads to this like pop culture thing where I imagine so many of the people who are into it and cosplay like that don't even realize it's based on a real 11 year old girl who murdered someone they they may not even really know yeah the whole story behind it they're just it's pop called pop culture at that time yeah i don't know it is um what was i gonna say the buying the sweatshirts i think that's kind of gross because people were buying those sweatshirts specifically because they knew that she was an 11 year old murderer if you buy one now because you just stumbled upon this character that's but like at the time for sure like that's creepy and weird i always wonder what's going on in a kid's mind who because there are there are kids who are just psychopaths. Mm-hmm. They're very, very rare. They're kind of to be that crazy. violent. To, yeah. be, to manifest to human violence that young, like yeah. that. I think a lot of the psychopaths are killing but animals she, and stuff. Back, you know what I mean? Like, but was she just pushed to this point because of bullying, where she well, was pushed over the but, edge? Do you but, know? But based on what Amy was saying, yeah. she had a fascination with that kind of dark, that's true, macabre yeah. kind of stuff. So it's probably a combination of her being able to access that, which is why I'm worrying about Evie finding this story even. Um, <laughs> but that probably influenced her, and then the bullying 
pushed it and if she had a tendency to think that way anyway like that outside influence could have pushed her faster than if you know what i mean like yeah yeah well good story we've made murder so mainstream now we have and you know everybody now is like why do we have this obsession with true crime now there's something wrong with our culture no it has been an obsession with murder and true crime and weird stuff like that happening since the beginning of time because it brings our own mortality Mm -hmm. into focus and we're all like a little bit afraid of dying at least and we're all like a little bit like unsure even if we are super religious of what's going to happen after we die and like that stuff's just kind of fascinating and that's exactly what we're going to talk about in the second half of our podcast uh-huh yeah but let me <laughs> she's saying yeah. no more talking now <laughs> no my second story is um about yuka takaoka or also known as the irl yandere yeah what does that mean uh-huh. um irl i know that sometimes much. <laughs> i forget people don't have the same internet knowledge i do um but basically it's a trope typically in anime and that kind of thing about somebody who is so obsessed with their like partner to the point where they would kill for them and the whole like if i can't have you no one can that kind of thing Uh it's a very like very it's like i said it's only really like a trope in anime but it's like very deep to the point of like killing for their partner and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing anybody who looks at them is gonna feel my wrath okay okay Okay. (laughs) on may 23rd of 2019 21 year old yuka takaoka was arrested for allegedly allegedly using a kitchen knife to stab her boyfriend inside their shared home and she stabbed him in the abdomen. I forgot to make that a point, but it's there. That's what she did. <laughs> okay. Thereafter, Takaoka became a social media sensation. Users found the situation, especially her appearance and alleged actions, quite compelling. Basically, peop- she's very popular because people see her as like the IRL Yandere. And they're like, oh my god, that's so cute, I guess. I want somebody who'd literally kill for me, oh my god. But she killed him. For him? Well, oh, wait. Did I say killed? Because she didn't kill him. He oh, survived. Well, sh- okay, she stabbed him. That doesn't seem well, like... <laughs> but we'll get deeper. Okay. I'm sorry. And it, I'm sorry. And it also delves into the if I can't have you, no one can mentality. Okay, cool. Officers arrived at this scene around 4 p.m. on the day of the crime. They found... I keep going to say murder, but he didn't die. He's alive and well. The assault. Yeah. But they found Takaoka's seated on the floor of the building's, building's lobby, her hands and legs covered in blood. There is news footage of her flashing an evil grin in the backseat of a patrol car in which she was taken from the scene. When describing her motive, she stated, Since I loved him so much, I just couldn't help it. Soon after, social media users gravitated towards her yandere-like behavior. She reportedly said, I did not call emergency services because I intended to die after watching him from the stabbing. On Takaoka's Instagram account, she posted images of her dressed as yandere characters. She garnered lots of online attention as the too beautiful attempted murder suspect. An investigator found that the victim had become cold towards her just before the incident. One day, he returned late even though she was waiting. She also found a photo of another woman on his cell phone he left behind. Rather than talking to him when he arrived home, and in- she instead stabbed him in-, in his sleep. Shocked, he awoke and fled to the first floor. A direct quote from... What does that say? I don't know. A direct quote from somewhere. Can't read what the source is. I don't know where it's from. Sorry. But it's a direct (laughs) quote, so you can look it up, I guess. And Google will probably find it for you. 
Lunas miraculously survived the savage attack and says he harbors no ill will towards the young woman who allegedly tried to take his life. Mm, no ill That's will. That's weird. <laughs> so to recap, 21-year-old... Yuka Takaoka. Thank you. Attacked her boyfriend, yep. her husband, boyfriend. Boyfriend. Boyfriend, because at this point we're thinking because he returned late one night and she found a yeah, photo of another he's woman. He's become cold towards and her. And he's become cold. Yeah. Okay. And then when she attacked him, he... Ran, fled down to the first floor. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And he forgives her. Yep, and he's like... Which makes me think there's a little guilt on his side. Not that it's okay to kill somebody, but yeah. like you don't just be like, oh, it's all good. She stabbed me. I'm fine. I don't... I'm not mad at her. Well, that's because you did something wrong, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there were several social media accounts that popped up in support of Takaoka, of which her nickname came. Takaoka was sentenced to prison for three years and ex- is expecting to be released sometime in 2023 simply by google searching her name and clicking images you can find fan art of her to make this case even stranger while waiting on police takaoka had written i like you and i like you so much i wanted to kill you over and over in luna's blood that's creepy kind of crazy yeah that's yeah that just took it to a whole new level yeah i i just can't understand the concept of i love you so much you have to die I don't get that either. I can understand, like, I want you so badly that I will kill somebody else to be able to keep you. But I don't understand the, like, if I can't have you, then you must die. I bet right? it's the same thing as when your cat's so cute that you just want to squeeze its head until it explodes, you know? I don't I feel don't that have way. That. That's, <laughs> no. not, that's not normal. <laughs> but, like, your cat's so cute that you just want to pick it up and squeeze it as tight as you can until it just, bah! You, you want to? I've had the whole my cat's so cute. I just want to nibble on her until I eat her all up. See, is that better? <laughs> I want to. I want to put her in the frying nom, pan nom, and nom, cook nom, her and nom, eat her. Nom, okay, nom. that took it to a different <laughs> level than what your aunt said. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> um, before it was shut down, there was a GoFundMe set up in which sixty-nine contributors raised three thousand eight hundred forty dollars to pay for her legal bills. Takaoka was found guilty on December 3rd, 2019. In in attendance was a fully recovered Luna who apologized for cheating on Takaoka and pleaded with the the judge to give her a a lighter sentence. There it is. Nice. That's all. Okay. So why would they shut down a GoFundMe page for her legal bills? Like, that's like people because she's like a stabber. She tries to kill him. But she still deserves a defense yeah public defender yeah. i mean i don't know the laws in japan but like a public defender can defend her like i don't think that uh can, like somebody who obviously committed a crime like there's not much question that she did it right that they yeah. should get have a gofundme page that just seems kind of immoral but so she should go to jail and be in debt no, you don't have to pay for a public defender Everyone, in america yeah i guess i don't know how to what it's like in japan i guess i don't know I'm just herself. saying, like, it wasn't like they were doing a GoFundMe page for to to support yeah. her as a murderer. It was to help her with a real life situation. But it I did stem saying. from them that, being like, "Oh my God, she's so she she's so cute, and she killed some tried to kill somebody because she loved him." Oh my God. Well, the Japanese are a little weird. No offense, I love you all uh, in Japan, but mm-hmm. they think of life with 
differently than what we're used to too though that's it's a different true. culture yeah yeah but it is a little i don't know <laughs> it, it is, is a little weird. weird i just think that it's silly for if it's for her legal defense that's I, just my opinion i i appreciate your opinion and i'm firmly in the other camp i, I don't yeah. can't compete with that <laughs> so i'm done no but i see why you disagree and you're not done with this. No, yet. I am. Oh, that, that was, was the end of it. I have sources. Hold up, I forgot to say my okay, sources. Okay, yeah, tell us your sources. I mean, my sources. Oh my god. Um, there was a Tokyo Reporter article titled "Yuka Takaoka Incident: Real Life Yandere Tale Leaves Man in Critical Condition." Um, by Ken. Yeah, by yeah, you can just look that up. And I had other sources, I think. Oh yeah, and then I think this one was also questionable. But once again, the information lined up with like the professional ones. So, um, talkmurder.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All Um, right. One more story? Yeah. Okay. And then our last story, the unfortunately iconic Ted Bundy. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there, that is true that Bundy mania. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So this, I mean, obviously... I kind of didn't focus because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably really deep into true crime. So you probably know Ted Bundy already. Well, and we'll probably do a really in-depth Depth. podcast yeah. sometime, like mm-hmm. a two, two-parter on Ted Bundy, because yeah. it is a big case. We'd want to spend a lot of time on it. So yeah. you can just touch on the yeah. the main points. Yeah. But um, basically, if you somehow don't know, he's crazy guy who killed like a ton of people, particularly like women and raped them and all that. And yeah, he just killed like so many people. It's like crazy. Yeah, he yeah. killed a lot of people. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first quote I have, which is from Wikipedia, I will admit that. Bundy was regarded as charismatic and considered to be handsome. Traits that he exploited to win the trust of both his victims and society as, as a whole. Yeah, but basically he had like a ton of just like fans and stuff. His most notorious fan club is called the Bundy Files, who actively lobbied for him to be released. <laughs> that is just so weird to me. Let him out. Yeah. Let like him he killed out. so many people, but let him out because he's cute. Um, yeah, it's gross. Um, mm-hmm. People who would come to his hearings, people would come to his hearings desperate to get just like a sliver of his charm. They would come and like they would like wait outside and stuff and all sorts of stuff and just be like, "Oh my god, oh my god, he's so hot! Please look at me! Oh my god!" That's so stupid. Yeah. He wasn't even that attractive. I know, he was, right? just, he was charismatic. He was charming. Um, yeah. Fans, mostly normal in quotes people, but some were probably people with hybristophilia, which is like sexual like interest and attraction to like the people who have committed crimes and knowing that and even like the crimes themselves. I think I'm okay with her knowing that because it's a medical clinical thing, right? I don't know. I think so. Okay, here's the thing. It's very, very unfortunate that he's romanticized, but like if you look up some of this stuff, it's so funny. Because a big thing with him and like killers in general is the Tumblr fan base. Mm -hmm. Tumblr is already just a godforsaken website. It's so. (laughs) Just, oh my god. But you can find. It's the Dan and Philification of Ted Bundy. He it's all those edits with like the flower crowns and all the hearts. And, I don't like, know what you just said. The, you don't know Dan and Phil? No. Mm-hmm. No. You don't know Dan and Phil. <laughs> no, what enlighten us. Enlighten what us. What am I to do with you? But basically they're just like these early age YouTubers that were very much 
that had like a big that had a very big fan base but it kind of became a thing it was a big thing where everybody's like oh my god they have to be dating like they like shipped them together and it was just like oh my god my small bean that kind of thing it was like that era and a lot of it was on tumblr i wasn't old enough to like actually be a part of that but i know <laughs> I don't know what oh my god small means. You don't oh means. my god. What am I to do with you? T- teach me after the podcast. Okay. Hopefully the listeners know what that <laughs> Maybe all means. If you don't Some know what that is, I don't know what to say to you. Um but basically <laughs> what you're saying is that they turned him into this flowery like, crowny downy. person. Like those edits where it has like all your hearts and it's like shaking it because it's supposed to be like, Oh my god, I love you. Okay. And like, oh, like there was one okay. sorry. And there was also something when I was scrolling through the Ted Bundy tag on Tumblr, um somebody had made Should she have access to Tumblr? You can just look at it on the website. <laughs> I don't have the app though. Um, she is 13. I think that's like an age limit. For I didn't even have to make an account. Oh, well, okay. okay. But basically, like I saw, like, so there's this another thing I'm probably going to, I don't want to mansplain, but I feel like you probably don't know. But in like modern day, like fandom culture, a big thing is like making like playlists that you think would like represent like your favorite yeah. character and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, They did that with Ted Bundy and other killers too. So like what's Ted Jeff- Bundy's playlist like? I didn't look at it because I was like, I, I, I think we this. should listen to that later I'll find on it. The, today. Si- the psycho theme song. But it was, but um, there was also like Jeffrey Dahmer and Richard Ramirez and all, all of the serial killers. Like, all of them. That's it's so weird. A little party. Our culture, our whole world culture right now is kind of bizarre. Kind of crazy. Like, and I get the true crime thing, but when I'm obsessed about true crime, it's more like, ah, oh, these people were horrible. This is gross. It's not like, ooh, I love you this murderer. You tell the story because you may have a fascination to some extent with the, the things that happened, but you don't like, you don't what's the word I'm looking for? Idolize or, right. you know what I'm hero. trying to say. Hero. Yeah. Hero worship or whatever. Or anything like that. No, yeah. we recognize the criminals and perpetrators as yep. being the bad people that they are. It's Kinda more just nice. that, like we talked about before, that fascination with the morbid aspect of true crime yeah. because yeah. we're just, Our we're just creepy, weird people. Yeah. And <laughs> once again, that's what we'll talk about in the second half of yes, our podcast. Yes, sorry. We don't mean right. to derail your story. You can continue. Yeah, Salem. Yeah. Okay, Ted Bundy um, and not- his, his Bundy mania girls. Bundy mania. It was, yeah, it was just, there's also a lot of... Like, as we've stated, the fans often come from, like, attraction. So there's lots yeah. of horny and simp posts about so him. Say horny. What? That's the word. I Do you just want me to say simp posts? I don't I even don't, know, I what don't know what that means. And that's what I thought. I'm sorry. I'm so disturbed by what you know. <laughs> that's not that bad. I mean, they do say it on s- sitcoms. Okay, anyway. Anyway, but yeah. But, like, there's also, but when you scroll through, like, the Ted Bundy tag and stuff, there's also people being like, if you find ten, Ted Bundy hot, what is wrong with you? Like, people, like, denouncing the people who make those kinds you of You mean, posts. like, people that are sane and thinking clearly. Yeah. They're like, what are you doing? You are yeah. crazy. Didn't, didn't some women, like, write things like, I love you and stuff on their eyes and come to his trial? Kind of like what I think so, and that, yeah. no, I'm not just confusing it with Indiana Jones and the Last <laughs> Crusade. Yeah, all like. sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, lots of, and it was it was like like an actor, like a person walking out of the like the mm-hmm. singer walking out of their concert, and everybody's like, oh my god, 
Yeah. Well, they That's equated crazy. a lot of it to Beatlemania, like yeah. the way the girls reacted. The the women. <sighs> I don't feel like they deserve that title because they are in love with Ted Bundy. The little girls. <laughs> you that makes <laughs> it worse. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't. I make didn't it worse. mean it that way. I just <laughs> meant that they don't deserve the title of woman because they're too dumb and immature. <laughs> the little women. The tiny little women. Yeah. That's a good book. Anyway. Yeah, there's not much more to talk about because there's like there's just so much, but it was really just like women being like, "Oh my god!" Just yeah. that Bundy. idea of people being yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into it more when you yeah. start talking about your psychology yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. that's all we need to know to lay the background for this. That's cool, kiddo. But yeah, those yeah. are just like the examples I picked, but there's so many more. Like I said, like oh, Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer, you gone on forever, Richard Ramirez, never, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, that was good. Okay. Yeah, lots of information, good stories. So break time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We take a break. We'll be back. Bye. Um, we are recording. Whenever you're ready, I can bring us back in. I'm not ready to come Ooh. back. Mm. Not ready to come back. I'm just a little Gosh. uncomfortable. Well, too bad because <laughs> we're back, guys. I'm <laughs> back from break Woo-woo. for this. Um, this 13-year-old going on 30-year-old yes. story. No, 40. It's just, been 40 since she was born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's been 39 for 13 years. Just okay. for the record, <laughs> um, all of us sisters had a conversation while on break about how we are a little uncomfortable because we didn't quite realize some of the details of Evie's story. The and while of none of it is out of the norm for a 13-year-old at all, and no. all of it would fit in a PG-13 movie, so it's it's just that we're old and she shouldn't be growing up, I think, is what's bothering <laughs> me as much. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just the context. I wasn't it was expecting kind of it. Yeah. So <laughs> so, if, so if you're uncomfortable with a 13-year-old telling a story <laughs> like this, then we are too. <laughs> yeah. So have fun. Join us for, this is what, more of a discussion now? Um, I have they, some psychology. Oh, you have some psychology. I have some of the psychology stuff. This is going to be a lot more looser than me reading out of my book because I okay. mostly just took like a bunch of like screenshots and like kind of planned what I was going to say from a bunch of different articles. Okay. Um, and then I have like three different tangents that we're going to like kind of pocket into and then come back from. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested yeah. to hear the psychology. I, I mean, one thing that, talks. yeah, I'm sorry. Anybody that listens to this, there's no way to deny that Evie is a very intelligent and articulated young lady. Is that an okay term to use yeah, for you? Care. Okay. Articulate? Um, articulated means well, to... Articulate? You, I said articulated. Which is kind of funny because I have a really hard articulated time articulating means things. more like if you take a skeleton and put it back together. Oh, so is it articulate? Re-articulated. So I think articulate is the word or you Or like want. when you're trying oh, okay. to articulate your word, like articulate like what you're feeling. Which I have a hard time with. It's but like that's why I thought she would be articulated, where does your, but maybe not. Where does your <laughs> stomach hurt? I'm pretty sure that know. has to do with being assembled. You're very smart, <laughs> I think it's both, young which is, lady. I think it does have to do with being assembled, and you're trying to assemble your words. Well, you can have articulated a point well. Yeah. I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, though, I know it's a little awkward for us with Evie, but we're related to her, so people listening might not find it as awkward because yeah. that she's 13 and doing this because that's not, she's a smart 13 year old for the, the idea that she wouldn't know these things at her age with her intelligence level and her level of curiosity and her obvious command of the internet <laughs> and, and social media and like social norms and 
and stuff. And we've listeners, and, we've had lots and lots of conversations, Evie and I have, about the dangers of the internet. And, and so, I don't even have social media yet. Yeah, we That's keep true. we keep talking about that, but but apparently do you don't need to to be able to look all the stuff you want up on Tumblr. Well, when, apparently, okay. Well, Tumblr the thing is you can like scroll through it for a while without an account, but if you try to click on anything, you have to make an account. Oh, okay. And then with things like Twitter and like Instagram and stuff, you can find specific people or specific posts. But if you try to like go out of that, or with Instagram, if you're on there too long, like you, it is like you have to sign up. Yeah, get a wrap. Get a wrap. No, but I was just saying earlier that I just love the way she talks. Like, what 13-year-old is like, wait, you know, I have some sites and stuff, and then there are, like, three tangents that we're going to pocket into. Oh, I know. That's that's the only way I can think about it. But I love it. Very, um, articulated. (laughs) (laughs) Tisk, 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 tisk. Is it time? It's time. Take it away, kid. Um, okay, so we're just going to start off with the... I'm sorry, I want to do that again. It's time. Take it away, Booger Slayer. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Salem. You're very welcome. No special nickname for you. Auntie. That's all right. Auntie Salem. Yeah, yeah with respect. Auntie Salem. You don't have to. When I'm teasing you, you don't have to put the auntie on. But other times, it would be nice. All right. All right, Auntie Salem. Okay. Thank you. So we're just going to start off, since like I said, it's a, the the versions of like the fan base is kind of different we're going to start with like the serial killer aspect so like the ted bundy and that kind of thing okay. um this first source is kind of funny kind of silly it's literally a, an answer to a core question um but the person the person <laughs> has like the the like a like a the, what's the word like a de- degree yeah, i don't know if it's a degree but like to have like a experience okay i'm sorry i didn't understand what you said this website is a quora quora question. question oh okay i thought you said a choir question i was like i am lost <laughs> <laughs> all right so our next topic about? is choir um no but um it there although it's kind of funny i will say i do want to point this out because i think it's silly and funny it most of and like when they have like experience like a degree or whatever it'll usually just like say it and like the university they got it at order or whatever um theirs says i study criminal psychology profiling in graduate school like they proclaimed it it wasn't just like degree yet like degree yet so yeah. but they, you have to pick up too on the i studied didn't so say maybe that's they true. did graduate yeah that's true but um yeah but you're I'm, totally right but i'm just gonna quote this whole thing since i think it's easier there is a whole psychology of people who are attracted to criminals and serial killers in general. Basically, it's a desire for something in their life that lets them feel like they are flirting with danger while not actually doing so. The person is locked up in prison, after all. They often have low self-esteem, and if the serial killer is well-known, such as Richard Ramirez, they get attention from the press, which they seem to thrive on. As for fan letters, those two are women who are looking for thrill. For a thrill. Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez both got many fan letters, usually from women. Both had female fans at their trials. They tended to be younger women who had no real comprehension that both of these men would have been more than happy to kill them if they were still free. It's disgusting, but criminals, and that certainly includes serial killers, get fan mail. The more famous, the more male. In reality, I pity anyone who writes to a serial killer, except, of course, researchers and others with legitimate reasons for contacting the person, though most serial killers don't answer those letters, because they need the thrill. It really screams that they need psychological help. So that's that one. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree that yeah. there's something going on with those. Yeah, people. there is some sort of a mental break 
like a reality break or something you know something well, going on there, but yeah. i i can i get the idea of like the attention right because yeah. if they write to ted bundy he writes back and oh yeah. now and, and that's a big like yeah. part of this which is kind of what we're going to get into but yeah a bunch of them like there's so there's just like a, most of the articles i read like a lot of them it says like the fame or the infamy is really what like gets these like mostly women to like thrive off of and they're like i attention please me 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 um a lot of them also say that most of these women have suffered abuse so it's okay so a lot of it is one it either like it could seem like normal to them like because that's what they've lived with or if they're like the locked up serial killer it could be like they're still safe you know what i mean it's what you've always known but you're still safe because you're not they know there's no way the guy's gonna come and get them and so they can get a kick out of the thrill of communicating with the serial killer but know that they're not really in danger no that's very i think that's really really interesting to think about like people who have are them are really like sick you know themselves and that without a conscious awareness they're seeking out what is familiar to them mm-hmm. and uh, based on their own horrific experiences but like you said booger in a way that is like safe and they have that that distance mm-hmm. yeah i think that's really I mean, really interesting and i think yeah. it's a good reminder that these people are sick well there's the whole like we were talking before about like levels of stress and like with hannah if you live at this level of stress your body becomes accustomed to it and then it's yeah. really hard for your body to to adjust to being a normal level of stress, right? The same goes for trauma and -hmm. drama. And if they grew up in a life where they had trauma and a lot of drama and that became like the norm for them, then they, they can almost feel like there's a void if they don't have some level of drama or trauma or something like that, you know? It's the whole... It's the whole nature versus nurture. Like what you grow up with has a huge impact Mm -hmm. on you. And there are so many statistics about people who grew up being abused, not necessarily becoming abusers themselves, but they end up with partners who might be abusive because it's just... Or they just end up in situations where there is more drama, more likelihood for abusive situations, more likelihood for that kind of volatile lifestyle. Because if they never got pulled out of that as a kid, they never were told by anybody that it was wrong it's about breaking the cycle of trauma and if they're unable to break the cycle of trauma then they're going to either you know reenact their traumas or and try to find a different conclusion to their traumas Mm -hmm. or or find safety in in what they they know and so so i think it's just a really nice reminder that you know we can kind of make fun of these these people and be like ah they're crazy but like these people really have issues Mm -hmm. if they are and and they really need to address their own their own experiences their own traumas and that's not to say that trauma like will always cause this you know but but it can it can be an it can be impacting for sure so i think that's a nice remember 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 a nice remember a nice reminder reminder. if your whole life is trauma (laughs) too like it's you don't all, know any different. It's yeah. just like I grew up in a happy, happy family for the most part. I think I had a great childhood. And then I met my husband and he tells me about his family. I'm like, wait, what? I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. Not, you yeah. know, so it goes both ways. Yeah, it's like, all you've ever known. So you're not going to seek anything else out because you don't know what's out there. You know, or you just I really do think there's something about the brain just gets stuck. Yep. You create mm-hmm. pathways and then that's what's expected. It's the easiest route for the brain to take. It's what you expect, what your brain expects. And so you just subconsciously create situations to keep the status quo mm-hmm. yep. and without consciously making an effort to change the way that you think 
like you said, Kelly, it's trauma. And if you don't f- deal with your trauma, you know, and like it, it, it involves changing the way you think and how you perceive things. And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm getting too deep. <laughs> Welcome to Salem's spiritual <laughs> podcast. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, yeah, it's taking care of and addressing your, your trauma. Welcome yeah. to effed up family psychology yeah so true (laughs) what else do you have to tell us um but there's a like there's a bunch of different reasons but that's kind of the main one to be like obsessed with these serial killers to even to like a romantic extent um another one that kind of segues and also segues into one of my little tangents is like the i can fix him attitude i can Mm -hmm. fix him Uh that's a big one um you know it's just that mentality of okay yeah he's he's broken but i can help him i can and almost yeah. like that sense of obligation to Which fix anybody problem, you see in your world it's a problem with i'm gonna i'm gonna make a stereotype here but i don't think i'm off but it's a problem with women just generally this idea there's a lot of women out there that are like man. i can change him i can mm-hmm. fix him mm-hmm. well and i think something i think there's a psychology to that too though about like your own pride, your own sense of accomplishment, because you're going to feel good if you fix this broken person. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of well, ego involved in that kind of mm-hmm. that. And this is just me and my general knowledge of psychology. I haven't read this anywhere, just so everybody knows. So I could be totally wrong. But to me, it's kind of that like, I, I will be special and important if I can say I fixed this yeah. killer. Well, you know there what are I mean? some people that just like to help other people so much too, yeah. that they feel like, like there's an identity in that. Yeah. Like I, I guess I'll retract the woman thing because yeah. maybe that's the difference. Women want to fix men. Men, men want to save damsel in women. distress. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's a it's a common theme I think yeah. that runs just through relationships. That idea of like I can fix him. I can mm-hmm. make him a better man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of ta- transitions into the tangent the tangent um, of like the bad boy trope in general mm-hmm. and kind of it's already a bad enough trope. Oh, my God. So yeah. many of these men are horrible. But when the bad boy trope goes too far, because even with fictional characters, people will be like, oh, my God, this literal murderer is so hot, even if it's not a real one. Because like, here's the thing. I get the actor being hot or whatever. But when you are thirsting after the character itself, it's just kind of like, come on, man. And that blurs the lines, right? Like, yep. I think that's so much the issue is that kind of like you said earlier with one of the, um, I think your first story where people were like cosplaying her and Jess said something like, you know, mm-hmm. some of the people cosplaying her may not even know that she actually mm-hmm. is a murderer. But like, that's where the lines are blurred in that like, you shouldn't even be worshiping an idea of a murderer yeah. in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show where like you're worshiping Spike and everyone's like yeah, shipping Spike and Buffy. That's what I. And it's like you shouldn't even go there because then it blurs those lines and then you look for guys like that outside in the real world. But we like George and I have watched shows where we've rooted for the bad guy because Absolutely. and we've even said to each other like I feel bad wanting Vic. I go back to the Shield. I don't want to root for Vic because he's like a bad guy, right? He does bad things, but right now he's not in the wrong, or you feel bad for him mm-hmm. because yeah. he's getting and kind of screwed over and so then you it's so it's like the media blurs like spike spike wasn't always a bad guy he did some good things right yeah but like after being a literal vampire but he wasn't a bad guy before he became a vampire 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Either. so like you could say that it's the vampire that makes but, him a bad guy, but he never was healed like Angel. But that's but the part thing. of the reason. Part of the reason I like that those things though is because it reminds us that everybody's human. Yes, Ted Bundy is a psychopath, a monster, a horrible person. He's still human, and I think it's that humanizing thing, and it creates the mm-hmm. anti-hero kind of. Yeah, aspect. Yeah. So now Vic in the Shield is now kind of like an anti-hero because even though he does bad things, now bad things are happening to him, and you see the human side to him. Yeah, totally. and it's fascinating, and I think it's great in in TV, and I think it's worth looking at people as humans who may, who do bad things and also do good things. But when, but it, it also, if you're not conscious and aware of it, and have a certain level of like, I don't know, cognitive functioning, you know, and maybe um, have addressed trauma, you've like addressed your trauma. If you're not that person, then I can see how that can really, you can really blur lines Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Like, I think we're able to like root for Spike and also know that I don't want to marry Spike or like we're able to root for Vic and also know that he's not a man that I want to, I want to have a relationship with. Yeah. But but we might dress up as Spike uh, for cosplay yeah. because it, we know it's fiction too and that's where then there's other lines that are blurred where some people may not have known that that 11 year old girl was a real person and right. this character yeah. was based on her so I can see where people would think it was okay to portray a murderer yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like it's yeah. just the lines it's are blurry just, all it's all grays sure. it's all yeah. grays so we no need to like name it as much as we can that like I don't know. Maybe we don't need to name it as much as we can. I feel like I need a name like I I don't know. That I I know the difference or something. You know, I like be able just, to help our young generation and other right. people who might be influenced to know the difference, I guess. And is, we need to yeah. be conscious of like why maybe I think everybody in the world needs to be a little bit more self-reflective about like <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I want to dress up as this murderer for cosplay and and why? Yeah. Is it just because I like the movie Buffy and I know it's a fantasy and Spike's my favorite character because, you know, because of these reasons because or is it because hot. I have some deeper seated issues to be connected to a murderer? Right. Yeah. Is this what's <laughs> yeah. coming up for me here? And we need to do our work on ourselves to be able to make sure that we can so, identify that. With like the people. So this makes me think of something that I actually just watched. Um, it was a documentary about the cannibal cop. I don't know if you guys remember what this is, but mm-hmm. it's really about like the internet and fantasies and where does your your disturbed kind of not cool fantasy actually yeah. become reality so this cop was on a bunch of uh, deviant type uh, sexual websites and he was messaging with different people and they it, it was like storytelling it was almost like fan fiction for him you know oh i want to kidnap these people oh i want to do this and that and the government charged him with conspiracy to kidnap because so it's the whole thought police thing. Like when does thought yeah. become reality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the same thing, like a fascination with I want to be a vampire and I and cosplay is another form of storytelling. But when does that become mm-hmm. your reality yeah. kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah, it, there's a line at some point, and it's hard to know where it is because it's blurry. Because we already said there's blurred lines. Yeah, but at some point you cross it, and when you, you know, like yep. where are you crossing that line? And you can't forget that some of these women are intentionally just writing serial killers, and that I think yeah. is a totally different kind yes. of facet of you know of this bigger issue. Because yeah. they know these people killed people. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like they were wrongfully com- convicted. You know, and it makes me think about how um, Damien Eccles from the Westman Fitz- 
West Memphis three, he met his wife that he's with now while he was in prison. And so that, but, but that's a little bit different. They got Mm -hmm. married while he was in prison, I think. And his uh, child was born while he was in prison. Wasn't it? Maybe (laughs) you might be right about that. But, um, but it was different because I think she was on the the activate, you know, the, the she innocent, believed he was the innocent. innocent. Yeah, the innocent protection, innocence you know, project group thing or whatever. Yeah, innocent yeah. project. That's what it is. Innocence yeah. project or whatever. So, but still, even that to me, in that case, yeah. I would still be too hesitant. Like, but I don't know. I guess I she think, had to have really believed that he was innocent. Yeah, I think for me, if Which, I knew someone. And then something like that happened to them and I believed they were innocent because I already knew them. That's one thing to me, but I would have like meeting someone who has been accused and convicted of a crime and believing they're innocent before it's proven. I don't know if I could get on board. I mean, I could believe they're innocent, but I would have to wait until I saw yeah. the, the proof. I would have to wait until I saw because of my analytical brain, you yeah. know? It wouldn't have to be determined by the courts, but if I saw it and I was like, yeah, in my brain, you didn't do this. Yeah. So I think it's it's a little different, but it is kind of weird to me, too, to meet someone. But that's someone, still yeah. different than these other women that are writing who, somebody like yeah. who, like Ted Bundy or Richard who, Ramirez. Yeah, or who know they did it, believe Jeffrey they did Dahmer. it. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. yeah. And what to me is weirdest and creepiest is that these... These guys did crimes against women, Mm -hmm. specifically hurt women. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer did too, didn't he? Even though wasn't he gay or thought to be? Yeah, I thought that he targeted gay men. Yeah, so maybe. Well, Gacy targeted gay men. But anyway, I don't know. Ironic. Forgetting our. I don't. We'll do the story someday. Yeah, I don't remember. I just watched that new Netflix documentary on Gacy. Yeah, so creepy. That's why clowns suck. <laughs> um, um, and I know he targeted gay boys, basically ba- uh, gay young he, men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but back to the bad boy. Yeah, trope. get back to the bad boy. Trope. Um, I once again forgot to cite my sources, but these are both direct quotes from separate websites. So if you just type them in, if you're really that curious, you'll find them. But these are both about the bad boy trope rather than the killers themselves. But The bad boy is a strong, silent type, the human equivalent of a mystery waiting to be solved. He's stereotypically attractive, usually tall, dark, and handsome. To cite the old cliche, men want to be him and women want to be with him. And that's fitting because that's the bad boy. It's a cliche, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that it can also kind of, although they're real people, that can be kind of applied to the killers. It's like that bad boy thing where it's like, oh, he's mysterious and he's kind of dangerous and if they're like conventionally attractive it just adds to that and it's just like oh my god yeah makes them more desirable yeah um and then the second one is more about how like the bad boy trope is kind of already bad in itself even if they're not a killer character it's still kind of why do you want to reward somebody for bad behavior yeah but um bad boys are well Bad, meaning self-centered, possibly not too mentally stable, potentially abusive. Might have trouble finding and keeping a legal job, and will most likely be more interested in the physical, read, sexual aspects of a relationship than anything else. He's probably not going to be all that concerned with fidelity either. So what if he, so what if he can't be trusted? It's an honor for girls in the media to be chosen by him to walk into prom, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, basically, that's just more about the trope. But once again, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, he's already bad enough. Why, 
you know yeah and now it's I a think, killer i think sometimes in shows though that bad boy trope of like dreaming of walking into prom with him is like i changed him he's not bad anymore yeah, yeah. i found his soft side you yeah. know like i brought it out yeah. yeah yeah but even so it still doesn't necessarily make oh, yeah. it better because it's totally. just like he's still not great yeah even with the soft side yeah, yeah. but um I found this website once again. Forgot to set my sources. Oh my god! Um, That's okay, we but, do that all the time, but don't they, we? I do anyway. I've started to feel like if our listeners wanted to know it's one hundred percent accurate, then they wouldn't listen to us anymore. They're That's okay. Fair. They trust us. <laughs> they there trust us to that we've done our job. The shimmies know. Yeah. Um. But some examples from a website I saw that are just kind of like the normal in quotes bad boys are Jess Mariano. The icon, my favorite bad boy. Um, <laughs> Me too, girl. I liked. He was so smart and just misunderstood because he had a crazy ass mom. That's why I liked That's Jess. Fair. We're he talking Jess from Gilmore not... Girls, by the way. If you're not following, as yeah, I was much lost. as I love him, he's still not great. But oh well. He's, um, he's but not. now I know he's who you're not. talking about. But it's also, you know, the difference between a bad boy who's flunking out of school and kind of yelled at Rory one time and wasn't super nice and a bad boy who's murdering people. Yeah, who kills people. (laughs) And we got to see Jess grow into not a bad boy. He was like the only character who had character growth. Yeah, that's kind of true, actually. Rory had character decreased. She got worse. Join us next week for our new podcast. um, Gilmore Girls! Gilmore in Review. (laughs) I would do it. But, um... More ex- examples. Dean Winchester never watched that show, but have kind of an idea. Oh, he's I love kind. Dean Winchester. He's not a bad bad guy though, because he's bad against evil things. Yeah, but it's still that kind of mysterious, reckless. I mean, behavior. he's kind of yes, yeah. reckless behavior, saving the dang it world all over the time. It's still all over the time, but it's still that like <laughs> mystical veil. Your argument is losing its steam with your poor articulatedness. <laughs> <Say what? laughs> Um, another personal favorite, Sean Hunter, Boy Meets World. He oh. also, and also uh, to point out, they also a lot of them have that trouble past to in quotes justify their behavior. Sean Hunter wasn't that bad, but he did still have that kind of bad boy. Was, he was like naughty, and he did the cherry he, bomb thing in the trash can, and he wanted to be good, but he didn't know how because nobody of, taught him how to be yeah. good. And sometimes their poor upbringing can bring like with characters who haven't literally committed murder can kind of justify their behavior especially if they have character growth but when it's just like when they're literally a murderer or like they don't have character growth or sometimes they just do really bad things even if they do have character growth i want to go back to dean winchester because i'm sorry he fought demons and bad creatures he wasn't a bad guy and but, I, he had, but he fits into the bad boy trope even if he's not a bad bad it's the same thing with sean hunter wasn't necessarily bad either but, but he it's wasn't that even bad he was mist- good he saved the world but it's he that mystical veil of was the, he of bad it. before he learned about the supernatural stuff and no, started he was fighting a little it kid he started fighting the supernatural when he was a little kid he had to raise his little brother and take care of him and then they fought bad guys when he was like 12 he was fighting werewolves and stuff yes kelly i also think <laughs> you're not supposed to acknowledge the handwriting <laughs> it's okay i think it's funny no, that's it why funny. i do it um i do think that it's really important to distinguish between the bad boy trope Again, I guess I kind of said this, but like when you're talking about Dean Winchester or Sean Hunter, because what we don't want to do is say that in an effort to 
um, you know, prevent people from loving serial killers, that we're going to demonize people who have had troubled past oh, no, yeah, and are trying sure. to go out and do the best they can in the world to to slay demons. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. But they still fit into the bad boy trope. They fit into the bad boy trope. But okay. but the bad boy trope is broad. Because I want to avoid the, the extra bad. Yeah. Because I think the bad boy trope also just includes people who play by their own rules. And I think oh, yeah. Dean, okay, Winchester Dean Winchester fits does into, fit that. into that. Yeah, and that's, he does, but he's a good bad boy. He does yeah. lie about an being an FBI agent all the time. And he yeah. uses really silly names, too, yeah. like Leonard Skinner and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but it's that kind of thing. And I think the bad boy trope also goes with the whole I can fix him thing because it's like, oh, he has a troubled past and that's why he does all these bad things and I can fix him. Yeah. You know? um, also, I can find his soft spot. I have never watched the show. <laughs> He's and no, not a baby. But uh, um, also, I've never watched his show and I don't know if they actually fit into the bad boy trope. I just think this is really funny that they were in like the top 20 on this list. Jesse Pinkman and Walter White. They literally made like meth, didn't they? Yeah, and Walter and White like, yeah, actually did become a bad very boy. bad guy. And yeah. just like, he yeah, became they really bad guys. Horrible. Yeah. That one's one of them that I think actually really fits in with like the we should not be worshiping characters yeah. like no, that. I, yeah, because Walter, the other ones I will worship Sean Walter Hunter White. Every day. Did, he yeah, like no, that no. show became very disturbing because of how mm-hmm. bad Walter White turned. Yeah. You know, that just kind of speaks to humanity that like, are we all capable of becoming that kind of a horrible person if the circumstances? Yeah. Because it wasn't like he wanted to be that kind of a horrible person. He started out with not good intentions, but not evil, horrible intentions like where, you know, he wasn't a bad guy in the beginning. Yeah. He just made a dumb choice. And I think that is kind of what plays into like when the bad boy trope goes too far, because it's like. Like when you're actually doing like really bad things, I feel like you don't even fit into the bad boy trope anymore. No, because like serial killers, they're just like serial killers and meth makers. Like, yeah, yeah, they're not bad boys. They're not Sean or Jess or you know, like Dean. Yeah, and another character that I wanted that also kind of goes into when the bad boy trope goes too far is um JD from Heather's. Once again, never listened to Heather's, never watched the movie, but. Yeah, he was actually kind of a bad guy. Like he, he was killed like, people. He was like yeah. the epitome of why you don't date the bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> he was like all these dumb girls decided they like this bad guy, and look at what he yeah. did. And like I think the thing is, like worshiping the actor. I mean, I always think the thing, the like parasocial relationship between real people is weird. But um, but like she uses such big words. <laughs> but when, but like. But I get being like, oh, my God, the actor is so hot. You know, I can't like what Christian Christian Slater. Yeah. Like Christian Slater is so hot. Oh, my God. Like, I get that. But when you're going, oh, my God, I love JD from Heather's. Yeah. And not in like, a, oh, his character is so good, even though he's like a bad guy and like, a, oh, my God, he's so hot kind of way. It's just like, yeah. come on, man. Like, if you can look somebody past something like that, you can look through somebody. Oh my god! You can look through past. You can look past somebody's actions like that, uh, be just because they're hot. It's just kind of like, okay, you're a little, little yeah, crazy. that's a little too far. Yeah, like like I said, I get being like Christian Slater so hot. Oh my god! But being like JD so hot, he killed people, but that's okay. It's just like, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, but um, this is kind of where I want to get into like the disconnect we have from tragedies that don't affect us, especially in the modern day of the internet. And this isn't even necessarily just about, like, you know, murders and stuff like that. It 
becomes like even bigger things and that kind of thing you know because there's and I think it also kind of feeds into why some people why we love true crime and why some people kind of take it too far and really don't view these as real people Mm -hmm. because that's like a very very big phenomenon especially with the whole like like a million true crime podcasts and YouTube videos why true crime now yeah why true crime now what about that what do you have to say about that why true crime now because it's why true crime all true why true crime all always (gasps) um why true crime now um my mommy said i have to be home by nine um (laughs) go ahead evie um so like and i think the thing is it's like all these people like talk like i kind of maybe kind of a little bit get it when it's like closed cases from like a hundred years ago you know or like talking about like but like when you're just like sitting talking about you know like doing your makeup in a youtube video talking about a case that like is just now happening is don't come up makeup and murder i like makeup and murder (laughs) (laughs) but it's oh and like i get it but a lot of them don't treat it like it's real they don't treat like they're just like um yeah she was brutally her wrists were slit and put in the bathtub and then they blew the bathtub up and while she well like they're doing their makeup doing the smoky eye you know and it's just so crazy how people can disconnect so much rather than talking it about it in like a serious light in which they view it as real you know what i mean so do you think and i ask this because we do this all the time yeah we do do. you think that there's danger in that do you think that we we as our podcast and we as a part of the true crime community need to rein that in a little bit more i think yeah i mean i don't Mm, know about this podcast because i don't really like listen to it but <laughs> probably um, that's good, good. Did you hear that listeners <laughs> we're 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 not exposing her to but um, i i get what you're saying about that but i think we on our podcast do a good job of talking no, yeah. about the horrificness of it and how no yeah, yeah. for sure and, I'm and not, what the people went through but i get what you're saying but i'm 100%. not saying like this podcast specifically but, i know and i asked you that so i'm yeah. just i'm drawing that connection but not you almost but I don't want to say a majority, but a large part of like the true crime community is people almost playing with it like like a, like a story game. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. trying to solve cases that aren't closed, that are like happening right now when you're literally just some like teenager on TikTok. Armchair like, sleuths. Yeah, armchair sleuths. I agree with you that there's a lot of those, but I do listen to one podcast that has um, ties to some of these, ar- they call them the armchair sleuth groups. And these people actually, some of them who take it seriously actually do help to solve some cold cases. So yeah, for sure. It's good that there are some people that are interested, but I agree that it does attract some of the wrong people. But most too. of those, like there are some good ones, but I would say most of those people are like, people who are just like oh my god like i wonder who killed her oh my god they and just, just like, want to find the end of the story connecting yeah. like random dots that don't make sense and just saying random stuff well, when you're literally like my age and i think that a lot of armchair sleuths have no awareness or no regard however you want to look at it for the effect they're having on the people who are involved in these crimes yeah like i think back to the don't f with cats and like that whatever his crazy name was that his poor mom like yeah. his poor mom was put through hell because people were contacting her and it was all over mm-hmm. the internet and whether he did it or not like that's not cool and that's why i'm not george will see things like in the news um mm-hmm. and be like oh that would be a good story but i'm like i don't want to tell that story until like it's been through the entire legal process mm-hmm. the family's had time to cool off like mm-hmm. i think telling because otherwise i feel like i would have to reach out to people and ask them for permission or you know what i mean i don't yeah. want to put something out in the media that would 
affect somebody who's actively grieving for a situation that they've mm-hmm. had to go through. And not to say that there aren't people that are actively grieving about some of the cases that we've talked about, because like we've talked about cases that are recent enough that people are still alive, you know, and but it's probably less likely that yeah. it's going to. Yeah. And at that well, point, there's so many other Right. stories of it out there that ours is not we're we're not unique we're not digging and finding new things that we're all of a sudden bringing to light we're going through the documented resources and everything that's already exactly yeah. been out there and i and i think this disconnect isn't like i said isn't exclusive to like true crime and stuff although i, although I do think it is like a very mm-hmm. big thing and people don't treat it seriously if it doesn't affect them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Or just, like, finding, like... Like, I get, like, notorious cases. or like, weird, creepy things, you know? That kind of thing. But when you're, like, digging, finding some random case that was easily solved and talking about it on your podcast with, like, that nobody knows about and nobody... And, like, it's recent and, like, people are grieving and all that. It's just kind of like, come on. It's just tacky. It's just, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah. And I'm in by no means saying that we're perfect, but I think just the fact that we have that awareness plays into us yeah. potentially being a little bit better at acknowledging people's griefs. Yeah. It helps to guide griefs. us in yeah. hopefully <laughs> being more respectful. Yeah. yeah. And like, and it also, like, I think a big thing, like I said, it's not exclusive to like true crime. It's just like this disconnect. Well, there's a disconnect that, everywhere. Yeah, I and mean, I, and I think like a big thing is like with like the Ukraine stuff, that there were so many people like online making like stupid jokes about mm-hmm. it, being like, "Oh well, dark humor is just how I cope. This is just how I cope." What are you coping about? You're not in Ukraine and you don't have yeah. family in Ukraine. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, and it's just like so many other things, or e- and even things that have passed, like like nine eleven jokes and stuff. It's just like, come on, man, what are you doing? What are y'all doing? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, pick something else. That's a weird culture we live in and right like, now. <laughs> and like I said, if it's like your your trauma, like your thing, like, you know, whatever, then it's like, okay, you can make jokes about that. That makes sense. You are coping with humor. But when it's something that, like, is completely far away from you and you're just like, oh, haha, Putin be like, haha, you know, it's just like, come on. That's very wise. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, but it's like Salem was saying, it's all over our culture. Like you were saying, it's not just true crime. Like, look at what we do to intrude on celebrities' lives. Yeah. yeah. When all they're doing, they just are trying to make movies or shows or whatever, but they have to put their whole life on display. Yeah. 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 And I just think this is another tangent I kind of want to get into, but just like the dark humor in general. Like I said, if it's your trauma, go ahead. That's your thing to joke about. You know what I mean? Like... Sometimes I'll make, hmm, I don't have a dad in my home jokes because I think it's a little bit funny, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, but that's my thing to like joke with. But if I made a joke about like somebody else's trauma, it's just like, that's not it. And that's so much of like people now. Mm-hmm. And even before, I'm sure. But I I notice a lot of it with like, like straight white men who are like trying to joke about like homophobia or like that kind of thing. Yeah. being Or, you know, that kind of thing. There's, it's just like crazy in that you know yeah or like dark humor is my my i yeah i kind of have a dark sense of humor and then it's literally just homophobia it's just i hate gay people i think they're bad and gross boo hate gay people um but it's it's just my dark sense of humor, just my yeah. Dark humor. yeah i'm i'm picking up what you're putting down evie yeah i'm getting it and then this is kind of leaving this topic and going into something that more connected with 
like the girl like case case the sasebo slashings in yukataka oka is like the the fetish fetish oh my god fetishes whatever the way people fetishize asian people specifically like japanese people yeah and it's those like people who like when you say asia they think china japanese japanese japan and korea and that's it you know and it's that thing where like i think the thing is both of these cases with their like with their nature would have become popular anyway but especially because you know like the fetish fetishes oh my god the you know that it makes people like it would very much enhanced it because mm. it's these people especially with um yukataka oka because everybody's like the irl yandere and although with, like i said with the nature of her case it probably would have been that anyway but because she was japanese it very much enhanced that because they're like oh my god she's just a cute little anime character yeah and dehumanized her and i mm. also and it also very much only almost only happens with women obviously that's not com- yeah. it's not completely it but it is very much like dehumanizing asian women mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah that's kind of crazy and i think the same thing with the girl a case it's just like although like i said her case is just like crazy and gory and would have blown up anyway everybody was like labeling her like the you know the cutest killer ever and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. being like and that kind of thing and you know and yeah. they cosplay her because and like chibi-fied her because once again they're like oh my god my little anime character well c- and so it probably and that one was probably exacerbated by the fact that she was a child oh too. yeah for sure yeah yeah so gross yeah. it is yeah i mean but that's pretty much all i have any ending okay. thoughts come on but it's it's discussion time it's discussion speak time speak your truth yeah, we've been discussing I mean, a yeah. lot throughout because it's such a it's an interesting deep topic that we've been compelled to yeah. kind of wonder about as you've been going through it too yeah. it's kind of hard to hold us to a discussion time yeah because we like to discuss <laughs> all the time because we just do, do what we want yeah. but this is the time for questions concerns and anything else i do have some concerns but <laughs> no i'm just kidding it is compelling it is compelling to think about it's human nature i think a lot of it is human nature and it's always going to exist to a certain extent but social media just seems to exacerbate a lot of problems Mm -hmm. that humanity already has that is just like human nature that's always going to exist but then you put social media on top of it Mm -hmm. and it just exacerbates Mm -hmm. that problem because it allows it to spread like a virus yeah and reach people who you'd never reach yeah. in person and also anonymity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the fascination with true crime, I also did some research on this, is, like, human. And it's generally normal as long as you treat it as such. But, like, when it's, like, all, like, when you really, like, think about it all the time to the point where it's, like, your own, like, tendencies and violent thoughts and all that, it can, it can become, like, weird and not mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. Like, this, like the people who listen to this are probably normal yeah or like are like yeah. your guys is is like, anybody that, who listens to us normal <laughs> probably but not. anyway but like your guys is kind of fascination with this is like normal probably i don't know what y'all do in no. your free time though none of us are like um, obsessed with it it's just but, more like a hobby but like you the know? people who are like so insanely over it sometimes to the point where they're like oh my god 10 buddies t- yep yeah that's what i meant to say exactly yep it's just you know it's just kind of like hey, yeah what's gonna Takes it a little too far. Moderation oh, is, is always and, good. Oh, oh, go ahead, Kelly. Sorry. This is a great podcast just about how there are lines and you can cross yep. lines and that some things that are, you know, darker 
and some interests uh, to darker things can be totally fine until it crosses a line. And it's about having that real awareness so that you can know and monitor yourself. Am I addressing my issues? Is this something that's coming up for me that I need to think about what this means? And if, and then you, and I'm not going to be a killer. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah and I'm not going to be a killer. Like, I'm going to yeah. find that line. I'm not going to love killers. Like I'm going to find that line. I'm going to know where that line is. Well, and yeah. I love, I love this topic because the main reason I'm in, I've been interested in mysteries and true crime. Well, there's two, but one of the main reasons in true crime is I have a fascination about why people think the way they do. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not about the gore, and but it's more about like, okay, this serial killer, what was going yeah. on in his mind? Why, what drove them to do this kind the of psychology thing. Yeah. of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's more. And then mysteries just cause puzzles. <laughs> Anybody have anything else to add, or should we move on to happy Let's thoughts? Let's move on. I think it's things time. that don't suck. All right, things that don't suck. Bow. Things that don't suck. Bow. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, so who <laughs> wants to go first? Kelly. Okay, so my thing that doesn't suck is that last night I went to Hawaii. Woo! Yeah. And came home in time for the podcast. That was pretty amazing. No, we did a mystery box that was set in Hawaii, and it was fun because we went to Hawaii as sisters. A lot of years ago. Yeah, that was a fun trip. It was a fun trip. So it was kind of fun to get to do a mystery box that took us back to yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. And the, and the best part was we didn't know where we were going until we opened it. So it was really fun for us to open it and see, like, where we headed to. And we went to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, that was pretty cool. And really glad no um, Hawaiian folks were near us because we butchered their language. We butchered their language. but Very much. We tried. We tried. So, well, that was fun. That's your happy thought? Yes. Okay, who wants to go next? Do we go left or right? It doesn't matter. We just, whoever Kelly wants to pick jump in. left or right? Left. Okay, that's me. Um, My happy thought is that I'm I'm going to Arkansas in a couple of weeks with my grandma, and I get to stay there for a couple of weeks with just her and the family out there, and then I'm coming back for like a week, and then I'm going out again for the reunion, and it's going to be fun. And that I get to fun. be in Arkansas. Yeah, and I yeah. love it because, like, I remember summers with the grandparents and stuff, and she doesn't really get to do that because we live in the same state. Because they see each other all the time, yeah. So this will be fun for her. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. That my, is going to be fun. My unhappy thought is I'm coughing so much. Oh, my God. That's all the talking you've been doing, probably. I think you've <laughs> talked more all at once today than you ever have at any other point in your life. That's fair. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. That'll be fun. You'll get to see 95-year-old granny. Yeah. Yeah. Your turn. I'll go. Okay, you go. My happy thought just was created during this podcast. I'm happy to find out that even though it's a little awkward, what Evie knows about life is not as horrible as it could be at this point. So she seems great for a 13-year-old. I agree. There's something in my eye. I 100% agree <laughs> that she is awesome. I slay. You slay. I slay you hard. slay boogers. I, that's so cute. <laughs> I slay boogers. That's my living. I kill them. And that's my happy thought, is that I discovered today that Evie's the booger slayer. <laughs> the booger slayer. And it's never going to die. I'm sorry, kiddo. Wedding, wedding toast. Yes, wedding toast. To the booger slayer. Graduation. I know. I never thought the booger slayer would make it this far. 40th but look where she's party. 
Booger Slayer. No, I love you. And the my happy Slayer. thought is just that you were on the podcast. I think it's really fun that we've been able to mm-hmm. finally include you on air because this has been a family project. And I really love having my kids on here. And I think it's great now that you got to do this. And hopefully you can do more in the future. Yeah. Um, and then as you get older tackle some harder subjects too eventually i might not have to start trying not to swear and i actually have to say dang it articulate because i don't know how to be articulated if i can't swear (laughs) yeah so but no that was great thanks for being on so and i love that your first story was so intellectual it was very intellectual very uh, well researched and um, very well written. Very good. Very, so now very, very, the whole very, very, world very knows why I've always said she's like a 40-year-old. Just throwing that out there. Very, 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 very old. <laughs> and and very, if you look at her good. eyes, they see through your soul. Yep. So if you'd yes, like to reach pink. out to us, you can find us on, uh, you can email us at ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We do have a website out there now, but um, it's ffsthepodcast at or no, what is it? FFSthepodcast.wix.com. Mm-hmm. But when I tried to look it up, it wouldn't open. So maybe we don't have a pod or a website out there, but we're working on it. We're working on it. We do have a Patreon. Um, we don't have a lot of uh, extra content for you on there. But if you like us, you could go on to Patreon and give us, give money. us some money. I don't know. Help us uh, to have more time to put out some extra content for you. Uh, that would be kind of nice. And uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. So shout out to us, give us a holler, and uh, peace out, I guess. Peace out! Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.